This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott. I've got Sean and Tim with me here uh, once again. Hi, guys. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Uh, listen, we have uh, had about 15 goes getting the show on the move today. <laughs> uh, it's so <laughs> difficult, isn't it, to come in here. Uh, I've come into the house. I'm in the... I'm, where am I not? Right? I'm always in the house now. Uh, so I'm in the house. And I've, I've come into a little room here to record. Sean's in his shed. Tim is in his castle yes. uh, in America. <laughs> okay, says you. I, I come in here, and you know, you're you sitting here thinking, right, look, I want to entertain people. I don't want to talk about this horrific virus that's doing the rounds. I am sick hearing about it because it is, it's all over the news, and of course it is. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just trying to pick yourself up to kind of come out of that world to just kind of bury my head in this one. Uh, and it's not easy, is it? It's strange to think that actually we're a little slice of normality. I mean, who would have thought? That is terrifying, if that's true. <laughs> if this is what is seen as constant in people's lives, then I, I don't know where, we, yeah, where really. we've ended up. Yeah, how many times have we said that in our lives, that we are the normal, the normalcy that everybody's looking for? <laughs> yes. But look, I have got a solution to a lot of this, and it is right here. I have food. Oh. I mean, the listeners don't even know, but you've been munching Chris for about three hours now. Can we can we give that a break? I have to tell you, I am absolutely loving the uh, the, the chips. I think you'll find as Canadians. Oh call them. yeah, I do apologise. Yes, it's not chips, not, not uh, crisps, please. Um, but no, I am loving it because um, I think it's it's just that wonderful comfort food thing. You know, I need comfort food right now. What about you, Tim? Are you are you comfort eating a lot? Because I, I find I've put I must have put on about a stone. This lockdown is doing nothing for my figure. Yeah, it's not doing a whole heck of a lot of good for mine either. I have been, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's comfort eating, stress eating, happy eating. I don't know what it is. I just I just find myself wanting to eat a lot. So yeah, <laughs> no change there. Which is not really much of a change, honestly. No, but it's um, boredom though, isn't it? There is something uh, yeah. to fill in the time. There is some of it. Yeah, some of it's boredom. And plus, you got all these new restaurants and takeaway places that you can try out that weren't delivering before. Ooh, oh, I know, and we've been getting so many good deals on that, free deliveries and percentages off and free this and that so if you order now. We wouldn't <sighs> be able to leave the house when we can. We won't be able to fit through no. the doors. Well, you see, you guys are lucky because you live in these uh, sprawling metropolises, uh, whereas I live in Scotland. You know, it's a very beautiful country, but nobody eats sensibly here at all. Sounds like you're describing America more than you're <laughs> describing Scotland, well, quite honestly. And the thing is that when, I, when I'm in the States, I always think that. I always think I'm going to just see lots and lots of fried, uh, disgusting food. But you actually don't. You get lots and lots of choice. That's the difference. There is. You get tons yeah. of choice in the States and in Canada. You don't get it here. When I was in Toronto last year, I was just amazed at the amount of choice. I mean, I laugh because when I ordered breakfast in the hotel that morning, and uh, the woman says to me, so what, what would you like for breakfast? And I said, uh, eggs, sausages. And she said, right, what kind of eggs? <gasps> That's madness. ones, I suppose, or the ones that come in the little shells. What What are you selling, you know? Uh, and she's like, oh, you can have scrambled, and you can have poached, or you can have this, or you can have that. And, uh, that's that's ridiculous. Know. Customer service gone mad. You get what you're given. It is a bit <laughs> wild. Anyway, look, we're not going to sit and talk about food all 
the show, um, or indeed this virus. Uh, but um, we are going to talk about podcasting because it's kind of an interesting follow-up, actually. Last week we talked about Zoom as a great way to keep in touch with uh, friends or to connect with work colleagues or host webinars. There's all kinds of things you can do with Zoom. But you can podcast with it as well, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, Also, following on from that, once you've got your audio, what do you do with it? Well, you might want to edit it, and for that reason, Sean Priest has, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, Tim, because I've been asking him to do this now for the best part of two years. Yes, (laughs) at least, yes. finally... set up a feature. Well, I say he's finally done it. I mean, you know, as we record this, it's not finished. So, dear listener, you're going to hear it before we will (laughs) because he's not finished it. He's going to to drop it into the final edit of this program. So, we're not going to hear it here. Uh, So, we could could say anything, Tim, going into this. We have no idea what's coming. Um, But what I do understand is it will feature how to edit with audacity. Thank the Lord. Hooray! Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Calm down. Calm. I, see, I just don't like giving away all my secrets. But, yeah, audacity. Clearly. You just want to temper expectations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> editing audio in audacity is incredibly easy, and I don't like to uh, let people know that. But, um, yeah, so I will be going through it. Um, you'll be able to record, open files, and edit your own audio. It's easy, trust me. Okay, well, one thing we probably should talk about, I mean, maybe should have done this off air, but hey, look, all the rules are, are off now. There's no, yeah. no rules anymore. That's so how long should I leave in this segment for your feature? Since we don't know uh, how long it's going to be, we don't know uh, what it's going to say. Um, yeah, well, that's true. I could say anything. But, um, yeah, could. it is getting away from me a little bit. I'm currently at 15 minutes. So if I could have it that's from all. here till the break, that'd be perfect. Thank you. Have you opened the program yet? in this feature no, no. at this point. It's just my intro. You know I like doing funny intros. <laughs> I was intros. just going to say that. That's just his introduction, Stephen, is, is 15 minutes. Exactly. But, no, um, I will do a shorter version for the show and Ooh. I will put up a longer, more detailed version on the website, doubletap.online. Superb. Now, should should we tell people, Stephen, that this, this happens all the oh, time? Yeah, yeah. Should we pull back yeah, that curtain? He starts at 15 or 20 minutes and the three-minute uh, version that people hear in the show or five-minute version... We hear a much, much longer version before that happens. Well, if we didn't talk about food for 20 minutes at the start of the show, I could fit it all in. <laughs> you, you seemed pretty keen to talk about food. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, right, moving on. Um, now, look, once you've got your audio, you, maybe you've edited it or you want to edit it, one of the things you might uh, find a challenge with is converting audio files. One of the things that really irritates me about um, the iPhone is that when you use the Voice Memos app, when you record, it records in an MP no M4A. That's an M4A file, uh, and you and some programs will open them. I think Audacity opens them, uh, but my Adobe Edition three, my trusty old Adobe Edition three, pa. doesn't. Pa. So I have to pa. convert it, and I'm going to show you a tool to do that. It's an online converter, and there are many of them, and I wouldn't recommend a lot of these online converters, but uh, this one I will. It's called Zamzar. And I'll tell you all about it a bit later. And uh, we're going to be checking in on those uh, iOS 13.4 bugs. <laughs> They're all still there, guys. I found them all again this week. They're all lurking under lies, the carpet lies, that is my lies. iPhone. It's not lies. No, it's fine. I checked it out yesterday, and it was great. Hey, eh? Inside joke there. <laughs> right, well, let's talk about podcasting then, and in particular, Zoom. Because we talked about that last week. If you missed it, you can check out the... 
wonderful, and it was a wonderful review of how to use Zoom on the iPhone. Uh, you can use it on the PC as well or on the Mac. Very accessible on all those platforms. And I think it's even on those things called, what are they called again, Android phones? <sighs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Rumor has it. Yeah, rumor has it indeed. Um, let's talk about the benefits of Zoom for podcasting. So, Tim, what would be your main feature, do you think, that that you would say is, is a real plus point with Zoom? Gosh, actually, to be honest, there's so many. Just the clarity of connection, the lack of lag or less lag compared to other programs. And yes, like you mentioned, the fact that you can record your conversations with people using Zoom, and it's such a good, high-quality recording. And that's the thing. So, I mean, and, and just to be clear on this, you can record on the program. So the Zoom uh, program has got the ability to record. You can record to the cloud or you can record locally. And that actually brings in the next feature, which is really important. And it, it's, it's a setting, it's just a simple setting in uh, the Zoom settings that allows you to record on individual tracks. And that's really important, especially if you're editing a podcast, because that's what we do, right? I mean, okay, we don't use Zoom to record the show, except when there's someone on uh, who who isn't one of us three, right? Or anyone who isn't able, essentially, to record themselves locally. We should, arguably, use the Zoom function to record every week, just in case something goes wrong. Yes, I thought we did. Um, Yes. (laughs) We we say that every week. Well, I say that every week. Oh, absolutely. I must record. I must. And then Mm -hmm. I forget. So... I am always hopeful. But, yeah, I trust these guys. I know these guys. So I know Sean. Well, <laughs> Sean. But I know Tim will definitely record uh, his side. Sean, we just hope yes. it will work out. And if it doesn't, he'll just add his own bits in later. I don't know about you, Tim, but I've often listened back to our show and thought, I don't remember Sean ever <laughs> Every saying week. that. He just adds it all in later. Yeah. I have had the same experience, Stephen. Yeah. Yes. Like, when, when did Sean say this? I don't remember that. <laughs> that. That answer was far more together than it was on the Rambling. show. Rambling. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> For timing. But that's but that's really important, and and the ability to individually record those tracks is key because then you can edit. I mean, if you if you're not going to record locally, although that is a brilliant tip, if you can't do that, then you are able to then look at all the individual tracks. If someone coughs in the middle of of someone's you know having a good conversation and talking, someone coughs, you can take it out. You can edit it out, and that's the key. So you can record. You can record an individual track recording. Um, but, Sean, there are other things as well, aren't there? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the recording is fantastic. I would just say as well, the cloud recording is only available for paid uh, subscription on Zoom. I don't think it's available for the free service. But, yeah, either way, it's very good. Um, I, for me, though, I think when it comes to podcasting, it's all about the ease of which you can invite people and, and actually talk to people. Because... Um, there's been a few occasions when I've been trying to use Skype and someone might not be used to it or don't know it at all. And, you know, you need to talk them through it. It can take you an hour to get just connected Mm -hmm. to somebody. So when it comes to Zoom, it really is easy to invite someone to a meeting. It's easy to set up a meeting. But, I mean, basically all it is is that someone needs to tap on a link to join the meeting. Um, Plus there's other options. You can have it so people can just call a number and you can set up numbers for whatever country you're in or they're in so it's a local call to them and they can call in and just use the normal landline or mobile phone to call into the meeting so it's the options that you've got there to actually contact and connect with people i think which is one of zoom's best points i love it yeah and i think that's the 
the point I mean the point you make about calling in think about Zoom like a conference call system if you've ever used one of these before usually you will have a phone number and then a six digit number to uh, essentially enter the room that you're trying to get into the conference room and that is the same here so you what they do, which is brilliant, is they actually give you a one-tap for iPhones. So if you're connected to someone who's got an iPhone and isn't particularly techy enough to maybe download the Zoom app or go through the whole process, you can just send them a text with that number in it, which is a full phone number, and then what's a call, a comma or a colon or something that follows it, and then a six-digit number follows that, and it's all in the same number. So you, it looks like you're dialing a really big, long number, yeah. but you just dial that, and it drops you right into the room. That's a brilliant feature, and that's for anybody. But, of course, for blind people, it just makes it so much easier. You're not having to try and remember a six-digit number. Oh, was it a 693? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I need to start all over again. And it just becomes a nightmare. So you can do that, and, of course, you can access uh, in so many different ways as well, from so many different browsers, from so many different computers, uh, or even just a landline phone. And that is amazing i've interviewed people who are you know 95 on zoom by, by just giving them the phone number and they just dial up they connect in and that's it exactly and yeah. it's so much easier and again you can record all that as well yeah so that that's really good uh so yeah lots and lots of features and i just wanted to mention that this week because you know i know a lot of you out there are probably sitting at home thinking and i know there's a few of you because we've been getting a lot of tweets from people saying it'd be great to podcast or create my own podcast how how do you do it? And that's it. And I think a lot of people think we're doing something that's different to what they could do. But actually, we're using really simple technology here. Oh, yes, we are. We're not we using are. anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in your case, for sure. <laughs> but look, I mean, I, I am using, I've got a, a mixing desk here called a Roadcaster Pro, which I bought because uh, I use it for a whole wide range of different functions and, and different uh, things. Do I need that for this? No, I actually don't. I just need a USB microphone connected to my computer i've got zoom on there so we can all communicate and i've got the ability to record with adobe edition the reason i got the mixer is because i'm using it for different work uh, functions and it does have its own built-in record function which i really like but i don't need all that um and that's the thing tim i know you use the zoom channels as well to record for your podcast life after blindness and you've been using it for a while uh, and, and it, it just it, it does work and i have to say the record function as well i don't know how you found it but for me I've never been let down by it. I've never been let down by it. I've used it so many times. It is fantastic. It works very nicely. It's so accessible, whether you're using NVDA, JAWS, VoiceOver, whatever screen reader you're using, as Sean pointed out so well last week. It's so accessible. And it is nice because I've been able to connect with people, like you said, Stephen, that have never used Zoom before. They're they're stuck in wanting to use Skype or just doing a phone call. And I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's fine here. I'll email you a link. You just click this link either on your phone or in your computer. As long as you've got a microphone in front of you, we're good. Um, you know, you can do video. I've had people ask if, if we want to do video. I don't usually do video. We've done video sort of kind of in the past with things. That's actually a good and, point. I've 
have mentioned before, yeah. But yeah, there's so many different ways to use it. And like we talked about, being able to connect with so many different people. I've done roundtable interviews with like four or five total people on the call at once. Yeah. It's just uh, look, easy. I, I want to move on because um, we have got the amazing feature or terrible feature. We just don't know from Sean coming up. Um, but, uh, you know, j- just to say, uh, if you want to check out Zoom in more detail and you want to learn more about Zoom, I just want to give a nod to Jonathan Mosen, who's uh, got a free book available. Uh, he normally charges for it, but he's giving the book away for free, check out mosen.org, M-O-S-E-N dot O-R-G, uh, to download the free book on Zoom. And it is well worth uh, a read. It's uh, in audio. Uh, you can listen to Jonathan explain it all in uh, full detail. So, yeah, worth checking out. Right. How to edit in Audacity is a question I've been asking Sean Priest to answer for some time. And you, dear listener, are going to hear this amazing or terrible feature now. Well, thank you, Stephen. I've now got nine minutes. Nine minutes to get across the beauty and the art that is audio editing. Nine minutes. Okay, we can do this. Not a problem. As I said, there will be a much longer, more detailed version on the website, doubletap.online. But if you're looking for a down and dirty, let's get started, quick guide to using Audacity, keep listening, because we're going to get straight to it right now. Well, after I play my intro music, of course, it's my thing. Here we go. Oh, great song, but no time. Let's get to it. So, the basics. Audacity, spelled A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y, is an accessible, free, open-source, multi-platform audio editing program. It's what I'm using right now to record this and what I use to produce the Double Tap Canada radio show. You can get it by going to www.audacityteam.org. Navigate to the downloads page and download your version from there. As a quick note, if you're using Mac, there is a special screen reader version of Audacity, so make sure you get that one. I'll be using the Windows version, but if you are using the Mac, then the keyboard shortcut should be exactly the same, except when I'm using something like Control and O, you would use Command and O, and instead of the Alt key, you would use the Option key. Anyway, once you've downloaded it, installation is really straightforward, nothing really to mention there, and once it's finished, Audacity should launch. Okay, seven minutes left, so let's look at the Audacity interface. Aside from the standard menu bar, you know, file, edit, view, etc., Audacity has three main areas. Right at the very top is the toolbar. In the middle, taking up most of the screen, is the track view area. And at the bottom is the selection toolbar. When you start Audacity, you will always start in the track view area. To jump between the three areas, press Ctrl and F6. If I do this now, I'll jump to the bottom selection toolbar. Project rate, HZ, combo box collapsed. To move through the options in the selection toolbar or even the main toolbar at the top, just press the tab key. But to be honest, I never have a need for the selection toolbar. I just don't use it. So let's move on. Let's press Ctrl F6 again and it will jump us up to the main toolbar at the top. Pause button. And the first option there is the pause button. Obviously it says pause because I'm currently recording. 
Now again, most of the items here in the toolbar we don't need to worry about because we will use keyboard shortcuts to do the same things. But there are a few controls here that you do need to know. If you press tab enough times, eventually, I think it's about 12 tabs in, you will come to the recording level slider. And right next to it is the playback level slider. Now these are important because if you do record something and it's too quiet or too loud, then obviously you need to adjust the recording level either up or down. And likewise, if playback is too quiet or loud, adjust the playback level. To adjust the sliders, just use the left or right arrow keys. If we tap through again, eventually we will come to a recording device combo box. Now this is really important because this is where you select what device you want to record from. So for example, you've got a USB microphone, you would go here and make sure it's selected in the recording device box. Also, next to recording devices, you have audio channels. Here you can select whether you want to record in mono or stereo. And next to that again, we have playback device. Now, if you're unsure about any of these options, then just go with the defaults and they should work fine. The important thing is to make sure you've selected the right recording device. Pressing Ctrl F6 again will take us back to the track view area. So, let's record something. Oh, four minutes left. Okay, to record something, you're going to love this. It's really easy. Just press the letter R for record. And once you're done, just press the space bar to stop. So let's try it out. Press R. And now I'm recording and using a funny voice so it doesn't get confusing. Press space bar to stop. To play back the audio, just press the space bar again. You can think of space bar as your play or stop button. So when I hit space now, it will play back the recording. And now I'm recording and using a funny voice so it doesn't get confusing. Press space bar to stop. <laughs> Why did I do that? Anyway, it's as simple as that. You can move through the audio file by using the left and right arrow keys. So while it's playing back, if you press the right arrow, it will skip forward through the audio by about one or two seconds. If you press the left arrow, you will skip back towards the beginning of the audio, again by one or two seconds. If you want to skip through in bigger jumps, then press the shift key and either the greater than or the less than arrow, and that will jump through in 15 second intervals. Now, if you use any of these keys, the left or right arrow or the greater or less than arrows, when audio isn't playing back, you will move the cursor through the audio. And this changes where playback will start from. So, for example, if the audio wasn't playing and you hit shift greater than, you would jump the cursor 15 seconds into the audio. Now, when you press the space bar, it would play from that point, not the beginning of the file. Also, to jump directly to the beginning of the audio, you can just press the home key. To jump to the end, press the end key. Okay, so that's how to record, but what if you've already got an audio file you want to edit? Well, that's even easier. You can either use the file menu at the top, press Alt, go to File, and then Open, or just press Control o This will open a file browser dialog box, so just navigate through until you find the file you want to open, and press Enter. And that's it. The audio will appear in the track view area. Okay, now let's move on to editing. <gasps> Two minutes left. There's no way. Anyway, here's the key, the secret to audio editing. Are you ready? It's almost exactly the same as editing text. Specifically, like a line of text, because it goes from left to right. The beginning of the audio is on the left-hand side, and the end on the right-hand side. To move through it, you use the left or right arrow keys. 
And if you want to change something, you want to delete something, copy something, move something, or put an effect on something, you firstly need to select it. So let's do it. I've got an open audio file here in the track view area from Double Tap's very own social guru, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Now, before we can do anything, we need to make sure the track is enabled. To check, press the up or down arrow key. Track one selected row. There you go. It says track one selected. And the little bring noise was just to tell me there's no other tracks. I can't go further up or down. But the important thing is that the track is selected, as it says. Now, to avoid confusion, I like to say a track is enabled or disabled instead of selected or unselected. If a track's disabled, it means you can't do anything to it. It's locked. So it's important to make sure that the track you want to edit is enabled. To enable or disable a track, just press enter on it. Anyway, let's hit the spacebar to play Andy's audio. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays, 8pm Eastern on AMI-audio. Okay, there's an obvious edit there. Now, the easiest way to make a selection is, while it's playing back, press the left square bracket to mark the start of a selection point, and the right square bracket to mark the end of the selection. Those are the keys just to the right of the letter P on your keyboard. And yes, it does mean you have to be pretty nifty and quick, but you can adjust the selection afterwards, so it doesn't really matter. So let's play the audio again. And just after Andy says Thursday, I'm going to hit the left square bracket to mark the start of the selection. Then when he's finished coughing, I'm going to press the right square bracket to mark the end of the selection. The audio will keep playing until I press the space bar to stop it. Or it reaches the end of the audio anyway. So let's have a go. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Here it comes. Thursdays. Left. <clears throat> right. 8pm Eastern on AMI-audio. Yeah, I think we did okay there. After you've made a selection, pressing the spacebar again doesn't play the entire audio, but just what you've selected. So let's take a listen. <clears throat> oh, pretty much spot on. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. But let's say I wasn't happy with it and I needed to adjust it. I can do this by using the shift and right arrow, which will move the end of the selection further to the right and grab more of the audio. Or I can press the shift and left arrow, which will move the start of the selection further to the left and grab more audio in that direction. If I wanted to make the selection smaller with less audio, then I would press control, shift and left arrow to move the end of the selection further to the left. And to move the start of the selection further to the right, I would press Control, Shift, and Right Arrow. Okay, let's stop right there for a second. I know I've overrun. I'm sorry, Stephen, but I'll make it work. But this is important. I know this sounds confusing. And I'll be honest with you, when you can't see the screen, the whole selection process and adjusting it does take a while to get your head around, and it can be really frustrating. But stick with it. You will get better. You get a feel for how long you need to hold down the arrow keys or tap the arrow keys and how much audio that will select. Just like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get. Steady. Just keep making your adjustments, then hitting the space bar to listen to what you've selected, and you'll get there. Okay, I've really got to wrap this up, but now we're happy with our selection, we can do anything with that. We can control C to copy it, control X to cut it, control V to paste it somewhere else. We could go up to the effects menu in the menu bar and add a reverb to it or whatever we want to do. But in this case, I want to delete it. Just hit the backspace key and it's gone. But before I do that, I can preview what it will sound like by pressing the letter C. App Canada. Thursdays, 8pm Eastern. 
sounds okay. So what that does is it plays a few seconds of the audio just before the selection and after the selection. So it gives you an idea of what it's going to sound like if you deleted the selected audio. So you can play around with the selection again, keep previewing it until you get it right. So now we're happy with our audio, we can export it. Now, the reason I say export instead of save is that if you press Control S, what you actually save is the Audacity project, not an audio file such as an MP3 or WAV. To do that, you need to choose the export option. You'll find that in the file menu under export, and there's various options there, export as MP3, export as WAV, whatever you want to do. And that's about it. There is so much more I want to go into, such as if you press the left or right square bracket when audio isn't playing back, a dialog box pops up and you can enter a specific time in the audio you want to jump to. That's really handy for jumping through long pieces of audio. But I'm out of time. Stephen is going to kill me. AMI are going to kill me. But I hope it was worth it. Whew, I need a cup of tea. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. I'm Tim Schwartz. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Double Tap Canada, you can call us at one 509 4545. Please make sure to give us permission to use your audio on air. If you'd like to email us, you can send those emails to feedback at ami.ca. And now over to Stephen Scott, who's going to tell us about converting audio files. Okay, so this is one for the audio editors out there. Lots of you have been asking me the question, how do you convert audio? Say you've got an M4A file that you've got from your iPhone, maybe after using voice memos. You've recorded a memo, You've shared it to your computer and you want to convert it to be edited, maybe in Audacity or Adobe Edition if you're using version 3 like me uh, or Reaper or whatever it is you choose to use. Now, in some cases, some of these programs, the later ones, will open M4A files, so you don't need to convert. But if you do, for whatever reason, just want to convert, maybe you don't use an audio editor and you just want to convert the audio, what do you do? Well... I'm going to tell you today about Zamzar.com. Now, the reason I've chosen Zamzar.com is because it is the one I've found to be the most accessible, despite not being the best-looking website, from my understanding. Uh, now, I don't care about that. I just care about functionality. One thing I will say, though, if you're using an online audio converter, you are uploading a file to the Internet, and then you'll convert, or the website will convert the audio for you, and then it will offer you a download link for you to download the, the converted file back down. The reason I'm telling you that is because you've got to think about what you're sending up there. Now, I've not had any issues. I've no reason to be concerned. But if you are someone who's concerned about privacy uh, and you're maybe concerned, you just have to be aware that you are sharing this audio with a website that we don't really know who's behind. Uh, so just be aware of that. I, I, as I say, I've had no problems with this and I'm not suggesting you will have any problems, just be aware. Okay, so let me open up my browser then. Uh, let's see, where Search. are we? Let's go into Google. Player. Google Chrome. Enter. Okay, let's go in there. New tab dash Google Chrome. And uh, I'll go to zamzar.com. Z, zamzar.com. I've been here a few times, can you tell? Right, hit enter. Enter. 
Zamzer dash video converter, audio converter, image converter, ebook converter, dash and so it goes. Muffin. All right, uh, and it's zamzar dot com. Z a m z a r, or as Sean Priest suggested to me, uh, you could say jamjar dot com. Think jamjar and replace the J's with Z's if that's easier to remember. Okay, when you get to the website, simply hit B for button. Add files dot 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 button, and it takes you to the add files button. Hit enter on that. Okay. Open dialog. File name colon edit combo. To set the value, use the arrow keys or tab. And this dropping you into the standard dialog box that you would get, your Windows Explorer, that helps you find files. Okay, let me find a file then that we can convert. Roger, at home during lockdown edit, 14 of... Okay, I'm going to use that one, uh, but I'm going to just check what the uh, file format is first. Uh, so let me just check. Date modify, type. WAV file. It's a WAV file. Okay, so that's fine. That's a big file. So I will choose to convert this WAV file to an MP3. I'll hit enter on that WAV file. Enter. Zamzer dash video converter, audio converter, image converter. And it drops you back onto the website, and you might think, okay, I've no idea what's just happened there. Don't worry about that. Just trust me on this. Hit uh, tab twice. Combo box. Convert to. To change the selection, use the arrow keys. That's going to drop me onto a convert to combo box. Uh, I can then hit space on that. Space, expanded, convert to. To move to an item, press the arrow keys. Yeah, and that's what I'll do. I'll arrow down to MP3, and as I go through, you'll hear all the options of file formats you can convert to. AAC, AC3, FLAC, M4R, MFRA, MP3, MP4, AUG, WMA. Okay, so I actually just went past MP3 to show you the other file formats there. I'll go back up to MP3. Og, MP4, MP3. That'll do. Move to an item. Uh, hit enter on that. Enter. 100. Check mark combo box. Okay, and then I hit tab once. Convert now button. To activate, press enter. And there you go. Hit enter. Enter. Zamzer dash video converter, audio converter, image converter, ebook converter. And what's happening now is uh, the uh, website is taking that file up into the cloud and it's going to go through the process of converting it to an MP3 file. Once it's done, the page will reload and then we should hear the news that download links have become available. So let's listen in. Download your converted file now, colon. And there you go. It's arrived. Okay, so I can hit B for button. Download button. But weirdly, if I actually hit enter on the download button, uh, it doesn't download anything. So what you've got to do is you've got to shift tab once. File. Call one row two. Roger at home during... And then hit enter on that link. Enter. Alert. Downloading two point alert. Download complete colon Roger. And there you go. That's it downloaded to my computer. I can just go to the downloads folder and I have a lovely MP3 file. And that's how you use zamzar.com. Okay, it's not the most intuitive in the world, but it does work and it is free. But remember, you do get a time limit on how much you can upload and use with it. So those hour-long file edits, maybe not. But for a five or ten minute audio file, you'll do fine. Hope that helps. Well, thank you, Stephen. And it does help because I've seen a lot of these website or online conversion tools and I've never been sure if they're safe to use, to be honest, but this one sounds all right. Well, you've got to be so careful because uh, some of them are uh, just surrounded by ads that pop up all over the place. You can't move around the website easily. Uh, Sometimes you get taken off. You know those websites now that take you off to other 
web pages so they open yes. up a new tab and suddenly you're lost completely <laughs> and I'm always worried about that I always think mm. so I think if there was ever a sense that Zamzar was going down that line I would I'd, I'd pull that and say don't use don't ever use that again but that's not been the case and in fact it started off as an even worse website than it is now visually and I'm told that visually it's not the most attractive and they've improved the visual side and my worry was of course that meant it would lose all the accessibility but it hasn't yeah. I, it's, I don't know if I'd say it's a particularly accessible website, but what I would say is it's a very usable website if you've got a screen reader, and that's the key. So, um, yeah. yeah, anyway, it's, it's a useful. useful tool. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Uh, right, look, let's talk about um, iOS 13.4. The bugs are still there, Tim. What's wrong? No. Why haven't you fixed this yet? <laughs> yeah, Tim. Um, um. <laughs> Uh, my name is not Cook, although for financial reasons, I wish it were. Um, uh, to which bugs do you refer, Stephen? Because other than the male focus bug, I'm really finding iOS 13.4 to be quite nice. The notifications are not sticking at the top of my screen anymore. Yes, they are. Oh, yes, no, they're they not. Mine's no. are sticking. Well, it might be specific to your iPhone device, because on my iPhone 7, they're thankfully not doing it anymore. I'm doing it here. Well, I did bring that up, didn't I, Tim? I did say that the notifications yes. are fixed, but, yeah, they are still sticking on mine as well. Maybe it's a UK thing. Mm, so, hang on, maybe, hang on what phone do you have, Tim? Is it the 7 you've got? I have an iPhone 7, and I've not had that bug since upgrading. That's interesting, because you've got the no, 11. No, and Well, but there have been a few differences between the phones, experiences, certainly. Yes. Uh, because the iPhone 7 I got for work, I'm trying to think, have I had an issue? I don't think I have, actually, my iPhone 7. I know Android's fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just don't get any notifications. No, I, I don't know. I've heard this a lot. So the, the bug that I'm seeing a lot on social media that's driving people crazy is the pronunciation and that's how you say it. Pronunciation no, uh, bug. No, it's not. It, yes, it is. Specifically, people are saying yesterday is being pronounced as yesterday. Yeah. And there's other ones as well. But the interesting thing about that is that people that haven't updated are also experiencing that problem. So I think it's down to a specific voice that they're using. But I can't figure out why it would suddenly change. I don't know. It's... it's uh, like iOS 13 has been from the very start. It's just weird. Well, I will say this that I, I find quite amusing. Uh, so I saw, and maybe it's different than other people's devices, I don't know, but I had heard someone say, oh, I miss six. And I thought, yeah, there's a blind joke, if ever I had one, because uh, you know if you're a voiceover <laughs> <V>. user, <laughs> six is VI, mm. right? So, um, and that comes up a lot that you'll sometimes go through. I, I, I'm joined with a group on Facebook called VI Talk, and it's called Six Talk, which actually the I first know. time around I thought I'd gone to the, a very wrong place. And like, what, what, what did what did I just say? Uh, or a right place. Or, or actually, yeah, <laughs> let me in. Uh, but no, this was really weird. So um, I thought that was gone. I thought, oh, good, good, it's gone. Uh, but it's still there. It's still there as well. So Six Talk's still there very much. Um, I don't know what's going on. Well, you can change the pronunciations, can't you, by going to settings, where is it, Tim, voiceover, pronunciations, I think, and you type in the word. Yes, you're welcome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you do it then, Tim? Sorry. You tell it to pronounce the word differently. What do you mean, how do you do it? You fill in the, <laughs> fill in the boxes to say pronounce this word as this. So, for instance, the people that are trying to get it to say yesterday, they're literally typing yester, a space, and then the word day. 
which will make it, you know, forcibly say yesterday. Yeah, and for something like VI, where it's two letters together, you could space that out, and it would say VI. Correct. So you can change that. Do you think they just don't care? No. No, I don't. No, not at all. No, but I don't mean. I don't mean as in. All of Apple or the accessibility. I mean, do you think they're just thinking, look, we're going to get iOS 14 out pretty soon, so stuff it. Just deliver. Well, no, because, you know, Uh, we will get a version of iOS 14 at WWDC in June at some point. Well, we'll be showing it. I don't know if it'll be available. Well, we'll get a developer beta version not long after that, so I... Well, I'm not touching it because this is no. You, should, you shouldn't touch it, but ah, no. I, I don't know. As I said, all the bugs I think are in iOS 13. For me, anyway, they're not um, showstoppers. They are annoying, but they don't they don't stop me from doing anything. So uh, to say that Apple don't care, and I've seen this a lot, and I'll be honest, it kind of annoys me that people will get so um, so worked up about something like pronunciations and say that Apple no longer care and, you know, this is a joke. Well, um, it seems they go in cycles of what they really concentrate on. Now, I'm not sure why these bugs haven't been addressed since the initial release of iOS 13, but I don't think we're being forgotten about at all. No, I don't, I, no, I, I would never suggest that. I don't think we're in that stage at all. I mean, I think Apple have proven themselves to be all for us and accessibility, right? So I'm, I'm not worried about no. that. Uh, I think what's likely happening is there's a lot of development going on uh, for hearing impaired people, and rightly so. I think, if I'm honest, blind people have done pretty well out of accessibility. Yes. Uh, I think it's time for some other people with other disabilities to get a shot as well. Um, and, you know, a lot has been made. Uh, there's new features going into uh, hearing uh well, features for people who are hearing impaired, into iOS 14, which is brilliant. And, uh, you know, I think probably some of our features on voice over uh, magnifier, zoom, all that, will probably be a bit less this time around. That's okay. I don't really want huge amounts of new features. I just want the ones that do exist to work. Uh, so, you know, a couple of fixes would be nice. The sticky notifications, uh, that could just, please, if that could just be dealt with, because that do, is just irritating. Do you know what? I actually like them. I actually think it's it's it, this could be a feature, not a bug. I'm I've gone but, very Steve Jobs. I actually like them staying there. Now the annoying thing was when it used to read them every one minute. It would just constantly repeat the notification that was stuck there. Now it doesn't do that anymore. Um, I quite well. It does. De- it depends on the type of notification. Ah, okay. So calendar, it'll do it all the time. Um, Reminders, messages, I think. It, doesn't yeah i don't use reminders so often but i well, it do. Should do it's reminding you every minute <laughs> we're we're aware you don't use reminders Stephen. i don't use reminders, or the calendar no, for that matter <laughs> well i use my calendar i do love my calendar i live by my calendar yes, but 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 the problem is of course that feature that or that term, notification will stick and then you that's that so yeah that's quite annoying news as well i get a lot of news updates those tend to stick and they don't go away um, well, you got, so, I mean, it's, you've got the option, haven't you, of, of what sort of notification you have, that sort of a badge-like or a, I don't know what they call it, but you can have it where it's banner. an actual, yeah, a banner yeah. or a dialogue box in the middle where you've actually got to, you can't do anything else until you deal with that notification. I actually prefer that. That I do prefer what? because then at least you've got full control over it. You don't have to do that horrible swipey thing. Yeah, but these sticky notifications are sort of the best of both worlds because they stay there. They don't disappear and you, you say, oh, what was that? Oh, they st- don't even They stay there, but you can that. still That's carry rubbish. on doing whatever you're doing. And then when you, <laughs> get, when you get a chance, you can go up to the top, put focus on it, read it, and then just swipe it away. It's a feature, I tells you. Right. 
right, look, who knows what's going to happen in the future, right? So uh, we could be saying all that what we're about to say, and it could all be wrong in a, in a couple of days' time, or it may already have happened. So by the point you're listening to this, either what we're about to say has happened or will happen. We're covering The iPhone... Yeah, that's, that's covered us. The iPhone 9 could well be here within days. <gasps> yes. Well, weeks. Yeah. I bet more a couple of weeks. Okay, right, okay. You want you want to bet on it? Go on, Tim. Take him on. Don't stand for that, Tim. Go on. Yes, because I would say that initially it was going to potentially be the first week of April. Now I would bet on the middle of April, around April 15th. Okay, so you're saying April 15th. What are you saying, Sean? Uh, yeah, I read the same uh, stories. So, yeah, April 14th or 15th <laughs> is what is being strongly rumoured now. And, right. yeah, I, I can go for that because initially the rumour was the end of March. March 31st was going to be the March event. Um, obviously, that can't happen now. So, I think the iPhone SE2 is ready to go and it's just a case of the best time for them to roll it out. Okay, then, I'm going to say the 10th and I think it'll be out before that, actually. I think it'll be out by the uh, out next week. That's what I'm going to say. I think it could be announced possibly by then. But I don't think it'll be out until middle or end of the month. So how much are you two betting on this, by the way? Oh, no no, no money. I mean, and certainly no food or or toilet rolls. Uh, (laughs) None of that. Someone will sing the outro next week. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Loser. Um, I I say that only because I read this article. I'm sure you read it as well. And and I kind of thought it might be a bit fanciful. Is it Best Buy that have got the iPhone 9 cases? And they're saying that they're going to, I think they're due to start selling them on the 9th. Well, they're to receive them by something like the 3rd or the 5th. And they'll have them in stock because the, the manufacturer of these cases said that they wanted them in stores ready to go by like the third or the fifth and they could be on sale by the ninth but what i thought was funny about that story was the cases actually say like iphone 4.7 apple or something like that they don't necessarily say nine they don't say se2 oh i know it's it was uh, iphone 4.7 2020 that's what they said <laughs> yes, so very uh, very nondescript right. but the theory is is that the the nine or SE two whatever it ends up being called or just iPhone I've actually heard rumored do without anything is going to be almost identical to the casing of an iPhone eight and so basically there's thoughts that eight cases might work but something similar to an iPhone eight case would work because it will have a home button and a single camera so Ooh. I don't know I, just because this one company is pushing out cases. I I see where you're coming from with that, and that's why I was saying possibly the fifth, but I really think it's going to be the phone will be announced more, you know, towards the middle of the month. Okay, well, we shall see. Uh, it'd be nice if it was launched on the ninth, although it wouldn't be because we record the show on a Wednesday, so that would be annoying. So who's going? <laughs> who, who can't wait? Who's going to pick one up? Me, I'm me, guessing me, you me. will, Tim. Yeah, of course. Oh, Tim, for I'm sure. ready. But I, I'm I'm also thinking of getting rid of the eleven Pro guys. Why? Oh, for heaven's sakes! Why? Well, look, you know that I, you know, I dabbled in the iPhone eight last yes. year, yes, and and indeed every other phone yes. that Apple brought out last year, or anyone um, else, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I did, uh, I tried the iPhone eight, and I did like it to an extent. I, the only thing I will say about the iPhone eight that I didn't like compared to the seven was it was a much heavier phone, uh, and that was actually quite annoying. That was the only thing I would say about it, but. You know, aside that, that's just a side issue. Uh, I kind of got rid of it because I thought, well, there's likely to be an iPhone 9 or SE2, however we thought at the time. I kind of thought that's probably likely to come out, so I'll just send that back and I'll just, you know, hang on for it. Yeah. 
Um, I do think that Touch ID is going to be big in 2020. <sighs> now, this sounds ridiculous. Right? Yes, and it is. But here's the thing. So yesterday, I go into my office in Glasgow because I have to leave the house. I have to go into this office to do some... I have to say officially essential work as it, as it was unfortunately uh, so I had to go in and do it and for that reason that day I wore a face mask guess what doesn't work with face ID <laughs> it's a face mask um, kind of annoying and you can't take the face mask off because you're terrified to so you're thinking oh, how am I going to get into my phone of course you can use the the passcode because I was wearing gloves as well so I couldn't even use the, the touch ID very well but the point is if you're wearing a face mask uh, and you're wanting to do that, then Face ID is going to be a bit of a challenge. So I think, especially in China, let's be honest, which is kind of, I mean, Chinese people tend to wear masks. We don't tend to wear masks as much in, in the what? West. Um, What's going on? Well, I think... I, I've never heard something so ridiculous in my entire life, I think Stephen it makes Scott. perfect sense. Right, okay. How many times in our lives have we had to wear face masks? How many pandemics have you lived through? Well, I'm a very old man, so quite a few. But no, no, yeah, but that's not the point. You went around for Plus, the Spanish flu, Sean. So you, you, know. can, <laughs> you can save an alternate face ID with the face mask on. Okay, that would work as well. Plus, you can't use Touch ID when you're wearing gloves, which is far more often than someone is wearing a face mask. I mean, what a ridiculous point of view. I'm so disappointed in you, Stephen. Sorry. Tim? I think... You're both right. There you go. I said it. Oh, I think that boring. touch ID for when you're not using gloves, face ID for when you're not wearing a mask, or if, if even if you are, both will be very popular. But I think the addition of touch ID is going to be popular. I think Stephen's right to the extent that even, even before the pandemic, people wanted touch ID. My mom recently upgraded her phone. She would have liked to have gone to a 10 or even the 11, but she didn't want to lose her home button, and she got mm -hmm. an iPhone 8. And Did you tell her she was wrong? <laughs> I, I did, actually. How, um, how does that often work out for people, Sean? Not well. Do you want me to give her a call? I'll tell her. I, I tried no, to tell look, her, but she wouldn't listen. Everyone, I, people... And actually, hang on. No. Also remember, all those blind people, including me, including Tim, including you to some extent, Sean, hmm. you know, I, I, if I'm sitting on a train, and it's going to be a while before I'm doing that again, I guess, but, you know, if I'm out and about again and I'm using my, my phone on a train, I don't need my phone out. There's no need for, to bring my phone out. The only reason I ever bring my phone out now is because it needs face ID all the time. It always needs my attention. Mm. Well, that's a good point because I will have my phone in my pocket, my coat pocket, my pants pocket, whatever, or sitting on the desk or, or table next to me, on the couch next to me. And yeah, I don't have to bring it up to my face to unlock it. I just reach over, put my thumb or my finger on there, and I can unlock it or I can purchase something from the app store, whatever it is. And I, yeah, because I'm using voiceover with a Bluetooth or headphones you know, on, I don't have to hold it up all the time. So, no, I think that that, especially for our community, mm -hmm. I think that that's very important. But then you have people that are just set in their ways. I, I hate to say it that way, but <gasps> they just, John. but they, they <sighs> like what they like. And that's what my mom's situation was. She, even though I told her swiping up a little bit to, you know, unlock the phone and swiping up a little bit more, you know, for app switcher and all that, it, it's not that difficult. You'll get used to it. She still just wanted the the ease and you know uh, accessibility. And it's not uh, exact like science, is it? It's not. It's not perfect. All that swipey stuff. Oh no, nonsense! <laughs> Look, everyone who says oh, I can't use a phone without a home button, I've refused to up. No, forget it. It works absolutely fine. You got the side button, the swiping up to bring up the app switcher works absolutely fine. You get used to it. Get over it. But um, 
Sean. Yes. Can I just tell you something, right? So, Sorry. you know, I don't think Apple got that memo because they're about to launch a new phone with Touch ID. Just saying. Correct. All yes, right. because they're getting rid of the old stock of the old chassis of the iPhone 8, which is <laughs> I what, the, what you're going to say there. Chassis um, <laughs> <laughs> of the iPhone 8. They're, they're getting rid of their old stock. But look, I, I will say that is the. Uh, that that point about taking the phone out of your pocket every time to unlock it rather than uh, unlocking it with Touch ID is perfectly correct. And I do Thank miss you. that as well. So I'll yeah. give you that one. So we'll see what happens. Who knows? <laughs> I, I mean, I'd, I, I think Tim and I are going to be first in the queue um, for this. I really hope it is coming out. I mean, production is apparently up and running again in China. I don't know how true all that is, but it must be uh, to get this out. So... Um, yeah, we shall we shall see what happens. Incredible Woo-hoo. if they're able to bring it out in this time. And, you know, I, I kind of think it's the right... I saw an article the other day, someone saying it's maybe right that they bring out this phone now and don't bring out an iPhone 12 this year. Because if they do bring out the iPhone 12 this year, you're kind of saying in the middle of all of this, people losing their jobs, unemployment, everything that's going on with this virus, it would be better if we didn't focus on you know, really fancy, expensive phones at this time. It just doesn't seem appropriate to do it. And I, I, I actually agree with that. I think, you know, bringing out this phone, which people can get hold of, it's cheaper. If they want to upgrade, you've got an option, but it's, there's no big fanfare to it. And I don't think there should be at this point. I think we need to, th- I said this last week, I think we need to think about people, not things. So we all say as we're scrambling to get onto the <laughs> Apple Store and buy the latest thing. But yeah. Um, but in saying that, just, just on the final point on this, I just want to also say that I, um, I actually am, what did they say, preaching to my, no, that's not right. The, the, what am I trying to say? Preaching to you the know, choir. Preaching, preaching to, the to the choir. The, no, no. Uh, practicing what I preach. That's what oh. I'm trying to say. <sighs> I need more chocolate. Um, <laughs> or less, arguably. Um, no, I, I'm practicing what I preach because I just got rid of my iPad Pro 12.9 inch <gasps> in favor of an iPad Mini with Touch ID. Oh no! Did you send it to and me? I am so happy. No, I didn't send it to you. Why not? Where did you, what did you do with it? So, so I got my wife an iPad Mini five for Christmas, and she was wanting the larger screen. So I just said, "Hey, let's just swap this round. You take the big iPad, and I'll take the smaller one." And I have never been happier. Oh, I see. You put your wife before me, do you? I see how it is. I know where I stand. Good. Right. <laughs> moving on. Uh, one final thing from us, and that is a voicemail from our listener Bilal. Hello, Double Tappers. It's Bilal again from the UK in oh, sunny Manchester. Really. Uh, I just want to ask you, um, I'm thinking of purchasing the iPad Pro 2020. I don't know why. I've got I one. Understand. You know, every five years I purchase new products. It just feels good. <laughs> anyway, no, I, um, I've already got an iPad Pro 10.5-inch uh, 2016 model. It's released in 2016. Uh, my question is, um, I called Apple and asked them if the keyboard will work for the... I've got a smart keyboard for the 10.5-inch uh, one with a smart connector, like the, um, the case-type one. I asked them if it would work for the 11-inch. They said no. So I was wondering if I could, if anyone knows of any cheaper alternative rather than it's 179 I don't, I don't want to spend £179. I just want a keyboard for... A, 11 inch and I've already got one for a 10.5 inch I know it's not going to fit but you know does anyone have any idea of a keyboard that Logitech do or anything um, how's everyone doing I hope everyone's safe at home cool thanks Bilal well uh, thank you for getting in touch uh, listen uh, 
you know, the short answer is it's an absolute disgrace, frankly, that you have to buy a whole new keyboard <laughs> for the other iPad. That just seems ridiculous. They should have really thought that one through a bit more, you know, especially when you're changing from a 10.5 to an 11. It's not a huge difference. My quick suggestion here, Logitech K380. It's my favorite keyboard of all. It's the one I'm using at the moment. It doesn't have... Uh, the ability to put uh, an iPad onto it, so you need a case that allows you to stand your iPad up or lay it down next to it, whatever you want. That would be my recommendation. K380 Logitech keyboard. I love it. I would say just hold fire for a bit longer. There's going to be a flood of compatible keyboard uh, attachments that also will have a trackpad, I, I assume, for yeah, a lot lower a price. Fortune. No, no, no there'll, there'll be a lot lower. Absolute no, you're wrong, sir. <laughs> right okay well sure. on that bombshell uh, that's it for our show this week thank you so much for listening uh, we're off to uh, never speak again it appears and uh, we shall uh, <laughs> see you again next time yeah we s- we'll still be here um, we are, we're we're all doing okay aren't we we're all doing alright we're all so doing well we're okay good uh, so we'll be back next week uh, where we are welcomed and, and uh, happy to be here on AMI. I need to go and lie down, clearly. I've never been welcomed um, in my life. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for being here as well, and uh, we'll catch you again next time. Bye! Bye! Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.